Welcome to Speaking Candidly with Candace, where we talk in depth with everyday people about their fears, their struggles, and their triumphs over mental health issues. I'm your host, Candace Schoner, and I hope over the next half hour, you will be engaged, enlightened, and inspired to live your very best life. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. I have invited a good friend of mine, Janie Veek Marcinkowski, founder of Heart Center Companionship, to ask the questions. This time, Janie will be interviewing me. Welcome to the show, Janie. The mic is now yours to ask the questions. All right, Candice, here we go. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored that you asked me because I think you have an amazing story. So let's shoot with the questions. Uh, I'm really curious. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your background, like where you grew up and what kind of work you did before you started your podcast business? That's a big question, and um, I'm trying to take it in, in small bits. Now I know what it's like to be on the other side of the table. <laughs> um, basically, I grew up as one of four children in a household, and I know most households are dysfunctional, but I, my father was an alcoholic. My mother was depressed and had anxiety. And we basically swept it under the rug, so nobody talked about it. And I remember being the youngest child and living sort of in fear of my father's rage because he was not a happy alcoholic. Um, And so I basically kept silent for most of my childhood. Um, Moving fast forward, uh, I did graduate high school early and went off to college early just to get away from the environment. And... um, it was the best thing I ever did for myself. I actually made my first friend there. And um, then I went on for a career in uh, journalism and then marketing. So that was your major? Journalism and radio, TV, and film were my major. I went to the University of Maryland, if anybody went there. Yay, Terps. <laughs> and um, it helped me build my self-esteem, especially when I started working uh, in the field as an intern at Metro Media TV. And um, I never really had any support growing up, any positive feedback. But once I entered the field of journalism, it was sort of like I found my place. What city did you start your career in? Washington, D.C. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. So tell a little bit about like, uh, why you're, you started this podcast business and what was the motivation and inspiration Another big question for a couple of reasons. Um, I'm not getting any younger yet. I am actually turned 60 this year. And for the last three years, I've had some medical issues uh, with my vision and memory. And as uh, in marketing, well, in anything you do, those two things are very important. Mm -hmm. And I actually started seeing a therapist because I was had a very, I had a lot of anxiety over the lot, losing my vision and what I could do um, as a professional or to make money. And since I get a lot of my self-esteem from what I do, um, you know, I just started rattling around some ideas. And I've always been passionate about helping people with mental illness. It runs in my family. Um, I've seen it firsthand. The horrible effects that it can have on an individual as well as the family dynamic. So I decided to go back to my roots in journalism and decided I would create a podcast where I would interview people. It didn't require a lot of my vision and um, hopefully make a difference. 
And you enjoy writing, if I remember correctly, right? I and love to write. I really do about anything. But I actually think I love talking to people and learning about their individual stories because I think we can all learn something from those stories. One of my goals for this podcast is to have people relate to other people's stories because I think that's the most helpful to people. There's no one cure or treatment for mental illness, but when people feel that they are not alone and their situation is not totally unique, I think it's a helpful, it's very helpful to that. I also think it's very bold and very smart, being a marketing person as well, that you're sharing your story because you've interviewed so many amazing stories, including myself, and so I think it's wonderful because everybody is curious about other people and their journey and how they got here. Well, this is sort of therapy for me as well <laughs> uh, because I grew up as a child that didn't have a voice. And it took me so many years to find my voice. As you know, I told you that I was married. Um, the one thing that I have not shared yet with my audience is that I got divorced after 17 years and realized that I was gay which is fairly traumatic, depending on the situation. Um, but living an authentic life is something that I discovered along with my voice. Actually, that gave me my voice. And once I owned my authenticity, I just felt so much better about myself. I no longer just felt like I was this career woman and that that was my identity. I now have a more well-rounded self-opinion of myself, which is mostly positive. And um, so I just, you know, feel like it's important to share that with people. I, no, I appreciate that. And I think the, the word that resonates is living your truth. Like, I, I think agree. when you're authentic, I think it's very important to, to live that truth. Because in, in that lies what I call freedom. Exactly. And peace. And peace. I used to, I think I told you this before, that I used to have all this stuff running around in my head, all these thoughts. And I couldn't turn it off. And I was married to a very chill person who didn't have that experience. And I thought, how can I turn off the noise in my head? I had problems sleeping. I was diagnosed with ADHD, PTSD. And as soon as I started to figure out who I was and owning that truth, the noise subsided. Of course, therapy helped a lot with that as well. And I'm a big believer in therapy as well as medication. Uh, very smart, very smart. So speaking of that, can you, I mean, mental illness has finally made it to the forefront. Can you define it or the various descriptions of it since it's a broad term? It is very broad. Um, what I can say that I know about mental illness, it includes many different conditions that vary in degree and severity, ranging from mild to moderate to severe. Some conditions include anxiety, depression, addiction, bipolarism, and PTSD. The sad fact is, according to the latest national health statistics, there are over 46 million Americans with mental illness. Whoa. Yeah, so my mission is to raise that awareness of mental illness, destigmatize it, and advocate for free healthcare for those suffering from mental illness. Um, another interesting fact, if you don't mind me sharing, no, please. is that if we can reduce mental illness, we can also reduce homelessness, 
since it's been reported that 25% of all homeless people are struggling from some sort of mental illness. I think that's staggering. That is absolutely staggering, but also not surprising for those of us that live in and study this. Exactly. And I saw it all too often um, when I was living in New York, the number of people that were homeless. I now live in Charlottesville, Virginia, as you know, and um, we have homelessness, but it's not at that level that I used to see in New York. And it's sad. You know, that is the other reason why I feel it's so important to talk about mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I think with COVID right now, a word that resonates and you is trauma because that can also be a part of mental illness or lead to a, a different case of mental illness. Would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. And I think when a lot of people think about trauma, they either think about veterans in war or they think about sexual abuse. But trauma can be verbal abuse or physical abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, again, when we talk about mental illness, there's levels of degree mild, moderate, or severe. And um, again, we need to talk about it. We need to share people's stories. And I hope that that will uh, reduce the stigma. Well, and I think what you're doing, sharing the stories, has been very powerful. Thank you. I really, I mean, and you've had some amazing interviews. So all of you listening, go back and check them out because they're really, really interesting. So speaking of interviews, uh, what was your precipitous or your... um, driving force in interviewing yourself? Well, I thought it was time that people got to know me. I also wanted to clarify that I am not a mental health expert. I'm approaching this program as a journalist. My role as the host is to ask the questions and to let my guests talk about their experiences to share it and hopefully resonate with others. I do have an advisory board of mental health experts because I think it's important from, again, a journalistic point of view to be accurate and to hopefully avoid triggering things like trauma or stress or anxiety in people when I'm doing this podcast. I think that's super smart to have. And I am grateful for the people that have uh, offered their time and their expertise. And I'm always open to other people who would like to get involved and help out uh, with the podcast and guests, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a smart move and I appreciate it because I've listened to almost all of them. And you've had some very interesting stories. And I also believe that now we're more open and everybody's sharing their story or their journey or what the, as we say, your content is very helpful. I appreciate it. But I, you know, I also share content from other people that I respect and value, people that have experience in mental health or people who are going through depression or anxiety or whatever they're dealing with and struggling with. Um, I think social media has provided that opportunity, you know, with everything else, there is good and bad. Mm -hmm. But overall, for people who are isolated, and those are the people who are struggling most with mental illness, it's a way for them to connect. Yes, true, true. And then, so you talked a little bit about the issues from growing up and 
and the health issues. So how do you handle the mental health issues and the physical issues now? Therapy was a huge part. It allowed me to open up about the things that I was struggling with. Uh, I have a great network of friends that I can share with and talk to. I do believe that you can't keep all this bottled up inside yourself if you really want to heal. Making changes. I am on a medication for my anxiety um, and for my ADHD. And I can tell you how much it's made a difference. Um, As an entrepreneur, um, ADHD can be both a blessing and a curse. I have a lot of energy and I have a wide variety of interest. But when I started having some issues three years ago with my vision and also with my memory, I went to a doctor and that's when I was officially diagnosed with ADHD. And that's when I got medication for it. So you can see a huge difference. Oh, unbelievable. And, you know, I've read a lot of people's stories on the internet. And again, there's no one treatment. Medication doesn't always work for people. Um, As I say, you have to have the right cocktail. Mm -hmm. I have a family member with bipolarism, and it took a while for them to get on the right cocktail. So my advice to people who are struggling, don't just try something once. If it doesn't work for you, go back to your doctor. Tell them it's not working. You have to be your own advocate for your mental health, and they'll try something else. Unfortunately, it's part science and part intuition or whatever, or experience. And um, I was fortunate that the first medication that they gave me for ADHD is working. And your everybody's body is different. There is no perfect science. Exactly. Let's talk about, I know from friends, that some people feel the stigma involved in taking a medication, or they don't want to be on a drug, or let's say they have a drug addiction they're coming off of, or working through... Talk a little bit about it's okay to be on medication or of that nature. That's an excellent question or an an excellent thought. Um, I'll go back to a family member um, who had bipolarism and unfortunately um, some other tragedies in her life, which I won't reveal. But I think, you know, the first thing was I don't want to admit to the problem. So first you have to admit that you have a problem. Then the second thing was, well, I don't want to be on drugs because A, it means my problem is real and I have to own up to it. And the second is, I don't know how that's going to affect me. And in her case, she took a medication and she said she just didn't feel like herself. She was totally out of it. She wanted to sleep all the time and she didn't want to live that way. But her parents pushed her to go back to the doctor each time to keep working on, I call the medication cocktail, until she felt like she liked herself the way she was on the cocktail and she no longer had as many highs and lows that are affected with bipolarism. So again, it's, I think it's acceptance. And then if you really want to change, and I, I can't imagine why anybody would want to not make efforts, though, again, mental illness is one of those really tough mm-hmm. things that until you have it, it's hard to put yourself in somebody's shoes. And, and I don't, again, say that I am an expert, but I do hope that this podcast sheds some light on it. And 
helps other people figure out what they need to do for themselves and if they really want to make some changes. Okay, I'm going to segue here. When you talk about a doctor, for me, like what kind of doctor did you go to or would you recommend people make sure there's a certain credential or uh, well, something went, of that nature? I don't know. You like know, a, I had to go through a number of doctors. Um, psychiatrists? Doctors? Psychiatrists would probably be the place to start. Okay. Um, because my memory and my vision was neurological, I did see a neurologist. Um, and, it, and it could be a neurological issue. That's the other thing about mental illness. We don't know exactly where it comes from. So um, I, I say start with either a psychiatrist or your general practitioner. And again, I'm not a medical yeah, expert. Yeah, but they could refer. And they would refer right, you to the yeah. right person. Okay. But I think you have to be honest about your symptoms. And, keeping and be a, courageous to tell the full truth, the absolute truth. Absolutely, because I remember being in my teens when I first went off to college. I went there early, and I, I first started seeing a counselor because it was a total change from the environment that I grew up in to going to college. And I lied about my family history because that's what I was used to. I didn't admit for the first two or three sessions that my dad was an alcoholic and my mother was depressed or had anxiety. But once again, I owned up to it, um, and I got the help that I needed. How'd you finally own up to it? I don't know. There was just something. Did she sense that you were, or he, did that counselor sense that you were probably not speaking truth or afraid? Well, well, I think what I realized is it was a waste of time to go see somebody and talk to them for an (laughs) hour if I wasn't going to tell the true story. But, you know, in my history, my family often lied about things. I mean, I was taught that I was Italian growing up um, because the stigma of being Jewish was not good for my dad's business. Um, so lying was sort of ingrained in me for so many years. And uh, now I have a really hard time lying. And actually, I've been told I'm a terrible liar, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> You've come full circle. I've come full circle. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you talk about, like, personally, like, kind of what you've suffered through with mental illness um, and what the issues are were do you have any advice for people out there like how you even feel to become aware of what's going on or like what? a network of friends might say hey what's what's going on or well something? as you said earlier I love to write I've always been either writing poetry or articles or journaling and that's where I think I was most authentic in those notes so I think mm-hmm. writing it down is a, a good first step. And then the second step, much like me coming out as being gay, is telling somebody that you trust, somebody who's going to listen and support you, not somebody that is going to judge you or try to give you advice. So once you slowly start telling people your story and they are supportive, it makes it easier to continue to make the next steps. And it is baby steps. Doesn't You didn't get mental illness overnight and it's not going to be cured overnight yeah and 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 there's not really a complete cure that's important but it's it's good to be able to at least alleviate some of the symptoms on on a a regular basis yeah and i think baby steps is an important word well again it's it's life you know this is a journey and now i'm so excited about my journey to have my next chapter with this podcast and I think we're running out of time. Is that correct? And we're not? Okay, we're not. I thought you were even that. I don't know. We're oh. good. We're good. 
Okay, I feel um, Speaking of baby steps, I think that's important because I feel like we live in a world of instant gratification. Now, a lot of that, and this is what I want to segue, has changed during COVID-19. These days, like this huge pause in our life that's just rearranged our normalcy. Any wisdom to share of, we all, I mean, I've shared my anxiety. I'm like, I've never had anxiety, but I feel anxiety. Um, Not to a debilitating degree, but yet we're all dealing with this new world. Exactly. I've had more people talk to me about their anxiety during COVID um, that never really had it before. And again, we're talking about probably a mild form, not like the form that uh, makes people not want to get out of their house. Or, you know, that's depression, again, that someone can be so depressed that they don't even want to get out of bed. They don't want to shower. Um, But for mild anxiety or during COVID, um, I recommend finding things that make you happy, kind of going back to your childlike person. So if, for me, it was drawing or painting or taking photos, getting outdoor fresh air is... Nature. Nature, they say, is a terrific healer. Um, Exercise raises the serotonin in your brain so that you're happier. Um, and again, find someone you can talk to. Don't isolate. The worst thing that anyone can do for themselves is to become isolated. So it takes courage to be courageous to not be isolated. It does. What a great quote, Joni. Can I, can I, can I use that sometime? Sure. It's important. It is. It does take courage. I mean, all the people that have appeared so far on this podcast talking about being sexually abused, talking about being addicted to drugs and alcohol, stealing, stealing to uh, pay for their drugs and alcohol, talking about going through a divorce like yourself and having to sort of not reinvent yourself, but to kind of change the way that you think and mm-hmm. act and being alone as a single person. Mm-hmm. Um, are courageous to come forward. And I know that every person that has agreed to be on this podcast said they're doing so in order to help somebody else. So that's Which courage and sweet. compassion. That's my word, compassion. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked about you know writing and painting. So like uh, some of your hobbies, do you, obviously you do these to decompress, escape, and did you do those even before the, you know, trapped a little more indoors in times that we're in now? I didn't, but since COVID and being, having a staycation, um, I started going back to the drawing. I don't really paint because I didn't really, I'm kind of OCD about not wanting to make a mess. And painting takes a long time and I like instant gratification, which we <laughs> talked about earlier. But my fur babies are my my heart um, and your fur babies are bogey is a jack russell who's about 16 tally who's about a year and three months my newest fur baby a kitty cat that was actually i said tally it's actually bailey okay. he's a dog and tally who's my kitty cat who's about three years old but the training bailey the young pup I spend a lot of time with him and I'm working on agility training because I think the other thing that COVID has done 
for me personally, besides self-reflection, it's given me some free time. It slowed me down as someone who is likes to achieve goals and get things done. Uh, I had to slow down because the world has slowed down. And I've had to find things that interest me and keep me happy. And my fur babies keep me happy. And it has been proven that an animal is great therapy for anyone going through a mental illness. It lowers your stress levels. Your, um, and it's, you know, if you can do it and you can afford it uh, and you want to have a pet, I also am a rescuer. I work with adoptions. So please go to your local rescue site if you're looking to get a pet. And it could be the best thing you do for your mental health. And they give you a purpose for each day. They get, Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I still have some anxiety. I, I don't really, I maybe consider have depression, but if it is, it's really, really, really mild. And so on the days that I start to feel sad or just not like myself, um, I just have to look at my pups and realize that they need me and I can take care of them and it makes me feel good that I have something to take care of. I love that. I love <laughs> that. That is fantastic. Yeah. And I think right now these are, you know, not to be cliches, but unprecedented times. They're very unique times that we're in. They are. I mean, as I tell my kids, I'm like, hey, we are living, you're living through history. I'm living through it older than you, but you are living through history. So your kids are going to say, hey, what did you do during COVID-19? What was it like? And, you know, and that's, that's a good reason to journal about it or save articles or um, it, it is. embrace mean, it, even though it's hard. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the exact phrase of the saying, but it's something like, oh, how do I say this? Um, it's how you react to the situation and not what the situation is. So you can choose to face a situation and say, oh, it's horrible. I'm going to stay inside under my covers all day. Or you can say, what is it that brings me light? And how can I make the best of the situation? Um, and again, it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. So if you have severe depression and it's hard for you to get up and get out of your room and out of your covers, you have got to say, I'm going downstairs, I'm making breakfast. And you've got to basically pat yourself on the back and say, that baby step and I got out of my room maybe the next time you yes. get out of the house and on the front porch yes but we all need to be our own cheerleaders is what I'd like to say because you can't rely on somebody else to be your cheerleader because they're not going to always be around right right and the other one a dear friend of mine uh would always say is find the silver lining yes find the silver lining so during these COVID times, I've had some amazing silver linings, right? As we have. <laughs> we have, and some of them are not able to be mentioned on public hey, radio. men are still out there. You can date men. It's all good. And actually, <laughs> talking about dating, do we have time to talk about dating during sure, this crisis? Sure, it's your show, baby doll. Okay, please. well, I don't know what our time is like. You're watching the time, and I'm, you know, feeling like it's a lot longer than it is. Now I know what it's like to be on the other side. Right, exactly. Empathy, great empathy. And I have empathy for this position, but... Um, You know, I've been single for a while, on and off. Got divorced, as I mentioned, after 17 years. And I've discovered online dating. And, you know, I'm thinking, 
this is actually a really good opportunity to really get to know somebody on a intellectual, emotional level before you move on to the physical level. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that doesn't work for everybody, but at, at this stage in my life, I feel like I, if I'm really serious about finding a life partner or somebody that I'm going to spend a lot of time with, I really do want to get to know them on that emotional and physical level. And I want them to get to know me better. Now that I'm willing to share my authentic self, and I have to say part of my marriage failing wasn't just because I... It didn't I, fail. I'm going to interject. Okay. I do not believe in that word. It's an, it, no, it, it was time to transition out. Thank you for correcting me, Janie, because that, that is because a terrible... I am not a failure, and I cannot stand when people use that, oh, my marriage fell. like, no, it's, I, it's a transition. I can't either, but apparently I still have things to work on for myself, <laughs> because it is true. I did not fail. I chose to make a change that I thought would make both of us happy. And it did. And it did. Right. Right. But part of why I think I had struggled in my marriage is because... I kept those childhood behaviors of not having a voice and speaking up for what I want. And it's so important for people to recognize that and to know really what they want and to speak up for it. You should never give yourself, you should never like have someone else have total control over your decisions. Um, it's, un, it's unhealthy. And I think individuals need to take that pause right. and that time to do it. Exactly. Because this is another, we'll have another podcast together <laughs> because I think redefining that definition of divorce and the shame and blame and all the crap that goes with it, which I think is absolutely incorrect. Right. And I want to pick up on that because I think, and I appreciate you bringing up the word failure. Um, it takes two people, if you're in a marriage or relationship, to make something successful. I think when something does not work out the way that you expected or intended, it's a great time to reflect on it and not just blame that other person, but think what you could have done differently mm -hmm. if you, to make it work if you really wanted it to work. And sometimes we just don't want it to work. And that's okay. And acknowledging that feeling, that's the other thing I got out of therapy, which I'm not a feeler because of the way mm. I was raised. It was like, don't feel your emotions, don't cry, don't scream. All of that was held in for so many years with me. And therapy kept saying, feel your emotions. And I kept saying, I don't want to. But once I started, I did not know how. Yeah. I did not know how to tap into it. The only time I would cry is at sappy commercials or movie <laughs> endings. Or a dog sappy. Or, or a dog dying or something. Um, but I've learned that. I still have way room to grow. And I believe everybody will always have room to grow. That's part of the life journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, during these COVID times I think it's absolutely true. Like I have I have I have had lots of fun <laughs> meeting men. It's it's still out there. It's still out there. And I think you just never know. I think people just have to be open and, and, and have fun. Be courageous. Courageous I think is the key word today for, for this podcast and I you know, it's, it's hard. It's, no one's going to say that this journey in life is easy. If they do, they're probably not telling you the full truth. There are going to be good days, and there's going to be bad days. Some may be worse than others. Um, I have a very good friend who has a son who has some issues, and he um, really doesn't want to do medication, and he doesn't even want to go to therapy. Mm. But he is such a bright 
person. He has a lot to offer, and I think part of the issue, a lot with mental health issues, and I know with him, is self-esteem. I don't know why his self-esteem isn't higher. I'm sure there are reasons for it, Mm -hmm. uh, as there is for everybody else who has low self-esteem. But we can all find things about ourselves that we like, and that's where we need to focus. You know, I have those things that I wish were a little better, but what I focus on is the things that I really like about myself, which keeps me positive. And that is key. Find the beauty. Well, and I used there to think it was, and I used to think it was egotistical to do that, to say, well, I'm great at this, or I'm great at that, or I like this part of my body. Part of that's the female. Like, we're taught to be good girls, quiet girls, be it Jewish, Absolutely. Catholic, or whatever. It's just that whole stereotypical but, but stuff that isn't true. But there's nothing wrong with liking yourself or loving yourself. And people need to realize that you do not have to put somebody else first. In fact, you need to put yourself first. It's like in the airplane. What do you do when the masks <laughs> come down? Like put your own oxygen on first. I cannot, then your kid or whoever, elderly parent, whatever it might be. I cannot tell you how often I think of that phrase when something <laughs> comes up. I'm like, okay, what do you do? Put my mask on first. So, yes. Because you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why we are such good friends. I know. I and know. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Yeah. I, thank you. I'm honored. I mean, I'm, I'm tickled that you, that you asked me because I totally believe in what you're doing. I absolutely respect your journey. I can appreciate it in, you know, maybe not the exact same degree of like mental illness, but boy, stress and trauma. I get it. I get it. And the world needs to hear these stories now more than ever. I, I agree. And I think, you know, one of the things, you know, that you bring to, to me as a person, as a friend is you help me find my calmness, you know, which is hard, which is really, really hard. But, and you, and you, you, you make sure that I get out and have fun. And so I thank you for that. Are we out of town? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're about to wrap it up here. We are friend. about to wrap it up. Well, thank you. And back at you. <laughs>